Hello, everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, February 14th, 2022. I'm Micah Chopoli. It is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. It should be a uh, fun day. What is everyone doing today, tonight? Everyone going out to dinner? If you're in San Francisco or Los Angeles or New York, you got your vaccine passports ready? You and your uh, loved one have your vaccine passports ready? You and your better half have those vaccine passports ready? If you're in uh, New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles or Portland or Seattle, got it ready to go if you're in Chicago, huh? Now, I know if you're in, like, St. Louis or Kansas City or Tampa or Fort Lauderdale or Miami or 90% of the cities in the country, you don't have to worry about such a thing. But some of us, that's our worry. That's our day. That's our life. Anyway, anyway, happy Valentine's Day. So, did everyone watch the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl, by the way, was a great game. All the playoffs were great. I have no problem with any of the games. All the games were spectacular down to the last drive, one-play games, no blowouts. It was great. Great. This was one of the better Super Bowls in a long time. But once again, look at the people in Los Angeles. Look at the Hollywood celebrities. Look at the elites. Look at the privileged. Look at the politicians, how they continue to mock us. After just being chastised two weeks ago, two weeks ago to the day, they were chastised for not wearing masks, so everyone else has to while children have to. They do it again. People. People, they are actively, they are saying, look at us. We can laugh in your face. We can do whatever we want. Rules are for thee, not for us. Rules are for thee, not for me. You are the peons who must follow these rules. We don't have to, and we're going to laugh in your face. Eric Garcetti, after just being caught two weeks ago, and said he held his breath, which of course is a big spit in the face to anybody, and then he said he wouldn't do that anymore. He's doing it again. There are shots of him all around the stadium without masks talking to people. Man, this guy must be really be able to hold his breath. Man, this guy must have been a swim champion. The swimmer, the swimmer. <clears throat> but this, it, they are laughing in your face. Don't you see it now? Don't you see it yet? They are actively laughing in your face. They are just caught two weeks ago, and they do it again on an even bigger stage with more cameras. And no celebrities wearing masks. None of them. Not one L.A. Hollywood celebrity, politician, athlete was wearing a mask. Not a one. Not a one. When are we going to stop this theater of the absurd? This theater that the elites have forced upon us. This theater that the privileged have forced upon everyone else. All of us little sheep. Bah, bah. When are we going to stop? When are we going to fight back? When are we going to throw it in their faces? Did you see that Shkivu's Barbara Farrar? This is the health czar for L.A., the second largest city in our nation, the largest city on the West Coast. This is the health. Have you seen her? This 25-pound hatchet-faced zombie? There's video of her walking around just bumping into people, not even knowing where she is. This is the health czar for Los Angeles. This is the woman who unilaterally for two years makes you and your children muzzle, makes you bring vaccine passports, papers to get into a bar or a restaurant. This is where we are in this clown car, clown show, shit show country we live in. What are we going to fight back? What are we going to have our convoy? 
what are we going to what are we going to do that? When are we going to have when are we going to make the US government use their military power and the power of the banks to force us into submission in front of everybody else? Everybody can see what they're doing. Everybody can see what, how this all comes together. This new world order. This great reset with big government, big tech, big media, big pharma, big banks, all in it together. Can't you see that yet? When the banks freeze the assets of people, not only freeze the, the, the funds, free, they're freezing the funds that are being given by ordinary people to ordinary people. And they're freezing the bank accounts of people who simply donate to this patriotic, freedom-loving coalition. When are you going to see what's going on? My goodness, the quote-unquote conspiracy theorists were right about everything. It only took less than two years, less than two years for to be right about everything. Everything they were saying from March of 2020 has been right. All of it. Every little bit of it. But when are we going to have that convoy here? I hear they might be doing something three weeks from now. What the hell? It's about too little too late. That's really amazing. It's really amazing how they can laugh in our faces on national television in front of 100 million people watching. 100 million people are watching them laugh in our faces. In our faces. And what do we do? We get down on our knees and say, oh, thank you, Gavin, for ending the state vaccine passport. Oh, thank you, London, for ending the city vaccine mask, mask mandate, not vaccine passport mandate. That's staying in effect probably forever. Probably forever in, in at least a few cities in this country. But thank you for ending the mask mandate. Oh, thank you for letting us take our masks off after 22 months of masking. 22 fucking months of it. Thank you. But not our children. Our children still have to wear masks. Oh, we understand, master. We understand. 100 million people watched them laugh in our faces for three hours tonight. Last night, sorry. When are we going to say enough is enough? When are we going to get our trucks and pitchforks out? When are we going to get our guillotines out? When are we going to do that here in this country? When are we going to do it? You know, I have to laugh that I watch these people on CNN and MSNBC, these low ratings, these low ratings, low IQ morons on CNN and MSNBC, talking about the Canadian citizens, these Canadian citizens, truckers, as though they're domestic terrorists. And then you watch, you watch news pieces. Most of these people criticizing them have never gone there. They don't talk to them. They don't know them. They just judge them from their high horses, from their perches, from their privileged elitist perches, from their extreme left liberal elitist perches. You watch real reporters go there, which you'll only find on Fox News and other, other news outlets that are not run by left-wingers. You go, you, you watch the interviews with these Canadians. And, I mean, they are like the most docile people. I mean, I've always known that. I lived there for two years. But you, you hear them talk, and they're simply saying things like, oh, well, we just want our freedom and our, and our health care. We just want our, our freedoms back. We want to be able to work without having a, a vaccine uh, mandate. Many of us are vaccinated, but still we don't believe that it should be forced upon us. And very calm people. I mean, they, they can barely work up a sweat. They barely get their voices above 
20% loudness. I mean, it's amazing. You watch them all, and they're all incredibly nice, real, down-to-earth, calm, level-headed people. And these are the people who we're saying are domestic terrorists? These are, these are insurrectionists? Did you, did you hear the word insurrection before January 6th of 2021? Did they use the, Now all of a sudden that's the new word, right? Whenever the people do something the government doesn't like, oh, these are insurrectionists. Whenever the people do something the left-wing government doesn't like, oh, these are, they're insurrectionists. They're domestic terrorists. Insurrectionists, the, the new word. The new word of the third decade of the 20th century. Something we never heard at all before January 6th, 2021. Used against any group. Yeah, they used domestic terrorists. Before that, it was white supremacists. And now all of a sudden, insurrectionists. They, they've added to their vocabulary. They've added to their bullshit vocabulary. But that's the hilarious thing. They talk about them as though they're like Boston Marathon bombers on acid. Then you hear them talk. And they could be hockey coaches. They could be some hockey coaches I've known. It's insane. It really is insane. The nicest people, the most law-abiding, patriotic, gentle souls who just want their freedoms back. I mean, you could ask them, I've seen them ask questions which, you know, Americans would get, you know, an American like myself I'd get going. My voice would get up. I'd get red. I'd start yelling. I'd be passionate. And they, they talk about it in the calmest way. Well, yes, they, Mr. Trudeau, we, we, just miss, we just wish Mr. Trudeau would talk to us. We just wish Mr. Trudeau would talk to us, you know. they just to sit down and talk. And they'd be Mr. Trudeau. They call him Mr. Trudeau. They don't call him things like the demented one, like I call the president. They don't call him like the big yellow monster, green, orange monster, whatever they call Trump. They don't call him the dotard. They don't call him Mr. Trudeau, Mr. Trudeau, Mr. Trudeau. These are the nicest people. And, of course, we know the truckers are the people who supply us with things, you know? You know the things that people at CNN and MSNBC use every day to stuff down their fucking faces and get fat like that fat fuck skelter? The truckers bring us things that make us live our lives, that allow us to live our lives in luxury, Okay? These are people who were doing this during the pandemic's first year when there were no vaccines, when there were no therapeutics. When people really, maybe the first few months when they were scared, really scared. These are people who were out there delivering the essential workers who were bringing us our food as we sat on our fucking couches, feeding our fat faces, watching television. These are domestic terrorists, huh? Up your fucking ass, Trudeau. Up your fucking demented ass, Biden. Domestic terrorists. The domestic terrorists, the fascists, are Trudeau, are Biden, are Newsom. These are the terrorists. These are the people who terrorize us. They're supposed to work for us. We pay them with our tax dollars. They work for us. We don't work for them. They better start being afraid of us, not the reverse. Let them, let them in front of the whole world show what true fascists they are. Like Trudeau is doing, using the military against his own people, banks, big banks, freezing the accounts of regular people making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. Let them do it. Let them show the world what true fascism is, what true fascists are. We need that done in this country. 
in this country. And after watching this Super Bowl, we need it done today. Today. They're laughing in our faces. They're masturbating in our faces. That's what they're doing. It sounds disgusting. What they're doing is disgusting. It needs to be described as what it is, which is grotesque. Grotesque. See, I always start out the week mad. My energy, it all builds up over the weekend. All this, all this mishigas builds up over the weekend. And so at that Super Bowl, all those celebrities and politicians and sports figures weren't wearing masks, and they're going to make your children go to school today with masks. Go to school two years into this bullshit with masks, still. Because they know they'll face no repercussions. Not even politically in a place like California. In California, they won't even lose their jobs, let alone other stuff, something worse. They won't even lose their jobs. They have nothing to be afraid of here, and they know it, and they show it on national TV in front of 100 million people. 100 million people. It's like getting, it's literally like getting humiliated, being naked and getting humiliated in front of 100 million people. That's what they did to us. That's what they did to us. They humiliate us in front of other Americans, Canadians, people around the world watching. Think about people around the world watching where you haven't had mask mandates or many places in the States where they haven't had mask mandates in months, if not a year, year and a half. And they're looking at that and they're thinking, wait a minute, isn't that California? Isn't that where they're still making people wear masks in, until Wednesday and come Wednesday still in Los Angeles and San Jose and such? And where the kid's going to have to continue to wear masks. Isn't that California where they had to wear masks for 22 months? But look at their leaders. Look at the, look at the elites. Look at what they're doing. Is that really that kind of a class system in, 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 in the America, in California, where the elites, the privileged, get to do one thing and the rest of us peons have to do another? Is that the way you like it? Is that the way you want it to continue? These people looking at us must be laughing at us for taking it for so long. Laughing in our faces. Laughing in our faces. And they don't care. They do it gleefully. They didn't wait two months or two years. It was two weeks. Two weeks ago, they were chastised publicly. Two weeks ago. And they do it again. It's mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing what we let them get away with, what we let the politicians in this country get away with. Bloody murder. Bloody murder. And all of those people, it would be one thing if those people were, if these politicians, if you had politicians that were pushing against this stuff, if these politicians were against this stuff and fighting it every day, legislatively, it would be a different story. If the celebrities, other than LeBron James, who I think recently has been fighting against it, but you had Ellen DeGeneres not wearing a mask, you had Jennifer Lopez not wearing a mask, you had all these people who will publicly say they're for masks. They think children and the rest of us peons should have to wear them. They don't wear them. They don't wear them, the Hollywood left. 
It would be a different story if these people were publicly for the last two years talking out against this, speaking out against it, but they weren't. They've been pushing it on us, and they sit there in front of 100 million people, not wearing a mask, in a city, in a state, in an arena, in a stadium where they're supposed to be wearing N95 masks. And this Barbara Farrar, 25 pounds, looked like she's on the verge of death, death warmed over, bumping into people in the corridors, not knowing where she's going. This is like, you could not write this in a satire. You couldn't write it. People would say, impossible. Impossible. Okay, before I get a heart attack, I'm getting agita. I'm getting agita, I tell you. Agita. Clay Travis writes on Twitter... Over 100 million people, as I said, 100 million, just watched a totally normal soup bowl in a packed indoor L.A. stadium of about 75,000 people with almost nowhere in the mask. How does any parent in the country send their kids to school in a mask tomorrow? It's child abuse. It's child abuse to the parents, but even more so it's child abuse because of the politicians and the leaders telling those parents they must do it or their kids will be kicked out. Yes, I think that if I was a parent, I would never send my kid to school with a mask. Never. I'd send them to a private school. I'd send them somewhere where they don't have to wear a mask. I'd homeschool them. But it's the politicians, it's the leaders who are forcing these policies on these parents that are the worst of the worst. The worst of the worst. At Max Nordo on Twitter, if you're watching the Super Bowl and still support mask mandates, I don't know what to tell you. Well, there's nothing to tell people by this point. Two years into this, if they don't get it, they're not going to get it. There's nothing to tell them. You got to go through them. You got to mock them. You got to make fun of them. You got to deride them. There's no negotiating with them. There's no trying to appeal to them. Clay Travis, again, here's the video. He put up a video of every celebrity without a mask during the Super Bowl. But every kid in California will have to be wearing them tomorrow in school. They must all be holding their breath the entire game. Yeah. I wonder if Eric Garcetti was holding his breath in the 17 videos we have of him walking around with no mask on. At Real Development, uh, Real Developments on, uh, on Twitter. The L.A. Super Bowl will be the greatest public display of elite hypocrisy ever. 100,000 vaccinated, undistanced, unconcerned rich people partying. Meanwhile, every child in L.A. must wear a mask all day, even when outside during a current heat wave of 85 to 90 degree weather. This is truly a two-tiered society. I tell you, people. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then we go to one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Well, first, I want to remind everyone here in San Francisco that Tuesday is the election, the recall election for the, the school board members. We're talking about kids in schools. These are people who wouldn't reopen schools, wouldn't get kids back in classes, but did take the time to rename schools. That was very important. They must all be recalled on Tuesday. If you haven't voted yet, you can go to your polling place on Tuesday and vote like I will and recall the San Francisco school board, three members. <sighs> okay, let's see what else. Oh. This is a headline from CNN, by the way. Joe Rogan's use of the N-word. Sorry. 
Joe Rosen, anyway, they said Joe Rogan's use of the N-word is another January 6th type moment. So, comparing the insurrection, which of course wasn't even an insurrection on January 6th, comparing Joe Rogan using an N-word years ago, when he was actually quoting other people, talking about using it, quoting other people, is comparable to what happened on January. It's the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. These people are insane. I mean, they're insane. Try for a second to understand that. What, how, how is that comparable? How is someone using the N-word, even in, in any context, comparable to the January 6th insurrection? How, how, how could a human brain try to put those two things together so it makes perfect sense? How can, how can someone do that? I mean, you have to be a really insane person. I don't think there's any other explanation for it. Someone using an N-word, January 6th in, insurrection, in quotes, what happened on January 6th, people breaking into the Capitol. And they wonder why we call them the crazy left. And we wonder why we call CNN fake news. I mean, if you're, if, you, if you're an editor of CNN, if you're a news editor of CNN, how do you even let that be printed online? How do you let that be a story? Really, how do you let someone write that? You know why? Because you're also a wacky lefty. That's why, because you're also insane. So that's the thing. People always ask me, they go, Mike, they say, Mike, how does this person I see on TV or read in print, how do they get their job? How do they get their job for so many years where they make a lot of money and they, and they get a lot of views? A lot? How, how do they get that job? How do they get there? And I say, well, it's very simple because the people putting them there are dumber than they are. The people putting them there are dumber than they are, are crazier and wackier than they are. So the people who put them there think they're great. The people put them there, put them there because they want a certain narrative pushed, and they know this person will push that narrative. And in big media, that's worth a lot of money. That's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars. Rachel Maddow, are you, is everyone sitting down not, not – is everyone sitting down and have you eaten at least three hours ago? Because Rachel Maddow makes $35 million a year. $35 million a year. I mean, think, think about that. Think what great surgeons make. And I've complained about this in other areas, too. I've complained about it in sports, too. You know, a pitcher making $30 million to pitch 30 games. But Rachel Maddow makes $30 million. Why do you think that? Now, MSNBC gets shit ratings compared to Fox, a little bit better than CNN. But let's, let's face it, MSNBC's major competitor is Fox, not CNN. And they don't get half the ratings CNN gets. But Rachel Maddow gets the best ratings on MSNBC. Okay. All right. She gets the best ratings on the station, which doesn't get good ratings. It was like, you know, Don Lemon or Cuomo, whatever, got the best ratings on a station that gets terrible ratings. But how do you, how does that compute to $30 million a year? Right? Well, it computes because she pushes the narrative that they want pushed. 
right? She pushes the narrative not only they want pushed, the Democratic elites want pushed, the White House wants pushed, Nancy Pelosi wants pushed, Chuck Schumer wants pushed. She pushes that narrative. That's worth a lot of money, and they make sure the people at MSNBC know it. That is worth $30 million to them. That is worth $30 million to the elites. That is worth $30 million to the Democratic Party to have someone like Rachel Maddow brainwashing millions of people. It's worth it. She's a great brainwasher. That's why she gets it. Believe me, they don't give out that kind of money unless the person's worth it to them. Now, she's not worth it because she's smart. She's not worth it because she's intelligent. She's not worth it because she's entertaining. She's not worth it because she pushes knowledge on people because she makes people more knowledgeable. She's not, she's not someone who teaches people things. She tries. She thinks she can. She thinks she does. Like her usual first segment is like 20 minutes of blabber that she's like a professor teaching us things. Yes, I have watched. I've watched everything. I'm not like, I'm not like the, le- the people on the left who, who don't watch anything on the right or the people on the right who don't watch anything on the left and still criticize it. People who don't watch a movie, let's say it's, let's say it's an abomination, shit like that. I have actually watched. I've watched hours and hours and hours of CNN, hours and hours and hours even more so of MSNBC and hours and hours and hours of Fox over the last two years especially. So I've watched everything. I know them all very well. Some more than others. And I know what Rachel Maddow is all about. She's about pushing a narrative that helps the Democrats win elections, get votes. That's worth $30 million. Easy. That's why she makes it. So if you're getting sick, if you have food coming up like I have been, I think it's a pizza I ate today. I ate, I ate five huge slices of pizza. I ate five slices. The big square slices. The Sicilian style. I mean, they were huge. Filled with cheese. and uh. that's, that's Super Bowl Sunday. What are you going to do? And plenty of Dr. Pepper, which doesn't help the situation. Uh, luckily, only four minutes left in this show. <laughs> anyway, I definitely digress. But look, that, that's why Rachel Maddow makes so much money. She's absolutely worth it to the privileged elite left. Absolutely worth it. And they have, you can bet that people like Pelosi and Biden and such have friends at MSNBC and have made it clear that she's worth it. <clears throat> she is worth it to them. To us, she ain't worth a penny. But to them, she's worth $30 million a year. And that's sad. When you go into something, you think you're a journalist or you go into something because you like journalism, like maybe your background's in journalism or communications, and then you're just being used. You're being used by a cult, by a political party to push an agenda and get votes. That's what your journalism degree or years in journalism, you know, it starts out differently when you're younger. You think, oh, I want to be a great journalist, and then you end up like her. Very wealthy, but basically, in a lot of ways, being used just by the party. You know the word I want to use. I'm going to be nice right now. I'm not going to use the word I want to use for what she is. But you know what I'm talking about. So it's sad in a way. It's sad. Very sad. Very sad. Uh, and I want to go on this note, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Trudeau has convened. He had convened, I believe it was very late last night, Sunday night cabinet meeting. And he's meeting with first ministers, premiers, to likely consult them on invoking war measures against his own citizens. Justin Trudeau wants to use war measures against his own citizens who all they want are their freedoms back. 
that they thought they had by being born in Canada. They thought these freedoms came along with being born a free person in Canada. But they've learned it's not. They've learned you have to fight for them, at least every once in a while. And that's all they're doing. And yet he wants to use the military powers to take them out, whether it's financial, whether it's violence, whether whatever it takes to take them out. The citizens of his own country. This is not another country. This isn't combat forces in another country that he's fighting against. These are his own citizens. I hear people keep saying, how, 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 how do you allow the banks? TD Bank, by the way, don't ever put your money into TD Bank. They're evil. They're the ones freezing the funds of people who are giving money, contributions. People say, how, how can the government decide where you can contribute to and where you can't? How can a bank decide where you can contribute to and where you can't? How can the government use their military powers against their own citizens? How, 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 how? We're seeing how. They laid the foundations of fear and hysteria. They laid those foundations of fear so well, they've been able to control people so well. And there are people out there, both in this country and Canada, who think the government's right. Can you imagine? There are people out there who think being raped and pillaged by their government, their freedoms being taken away, their human rights being taken away, their civil rights being taken away for two years is absolutely fine. But truckers blocking things and honking for a week or two, that's an abomination. These people believe that, and that's what the government counts on. The government used their fear to get this. The government used two years of fear to get to this place where these people are so brainwashed and zombified. They took two years of taking up the you-know-where from the government, and that's fine. But two weeks of regular citizens, truckers, honking their horns, wanting their freedoms back, these people must be eliminated. This is a sickness, people. We are dealing with a true mass psychosis sickness, and we'll talk more about that sickness tomorrow. This has been a very, very angry, passionate Monday show. Thanks for listening to And Let's Be Heard. I'm Mike Atropoli, and I'll speak to you tomorrow.